Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. You're listening to Comedy Central. Now hiring. I guess they got an interim right now. They ain't hiring, hiring no more. But uh, Arizona State coach Herm Edwards mm-hmm. was fired <laughs> after the old Sun Devils lost to Eastern Michigan at home. That's a game that they should have won. Oh, it's not okay. a game you should lose. A squad like Eastern Michigan, the scrub status, you are Arizona State. Oh. Now, it's not the fact that old brother Herm Edwards lost, but um, the fact is that they fired the motherfucker on the field as he was coming off. No. Headed to yep. the locker room. Yep. No. The dirt. Yeah, damn it. In a video, it sees that Herm Edwards is seen talking in the end zone to athletic director Ray Anderson and university president Michael Crow. Really? And what he was seemingly fired on the field after the game. On the field. Like put it in immediately the chat. after? I did, walking oh, off. We're talking like the cameras are about to walk up to him and give him the interview. Yeah. And, and oh. yeah. Hey coach, how do you feel about getting upset? Excuse me a second, I get fired. What's going on over Oh my right. gosh, this is crazy. To make matters worse, you do know that there's staff at the school that didn't want him to be successful. So the other part of this story was that they were giving away the plans that they were using to play the games. Like literally and not even selling it, just like going to the other school and saying, here's our game plan type wow. stuff. Like they, wow. like they did him dirty. Herm should have slapped the shit out of that motherfucker right there. No, he knew what was about to happen. We ain't finna fight. Herm is, Herm, is, Herm is a true church going black man. You already yeah, know. I slept he won't go lay a hand on that brother. Well, I slept Regardless of how hard he used to hit people back in the day, he is a man of the church and, and he ain't putting his hands Did on Did he have a contingency in the contract? I'm sure he still got his bread, but that don't matter. You okay. don't embarrass me on the goddamn field. Yeah, you don't do that on the field, man. I'll slap your ass and ask God for forgiveness. How's that for church? For real. <laughs> name is Roy. This is my job fair. Yes. And you know it's about that time. It's about that time. We want to hear about your last day at work. It's another quadrant of the show that we don't really get to talk about often. Of course, we have Rod's relationship fair every quarter. Talk about that butt naked sex that you're doing with your co-workers. But also, we don't talk often enough about being fired and what being fired is like and there's always a wild story around a lot of people's last days so we're going to hear from a couple of people today shout out to the homie jonathan coachman from wwe he's going to join the two-time club today the old coachman yeah got fired by vince mcmahon himself he does not have anything nice to say about him Mm-mm, not one <laughs> we all remember dalen golf from our yes. wing stop last week in Jet Magazine. And, uh, gonna talk about Lemon that last vodka. day at Wing Stop. Yeah, Lemon Pepper Vodka episode and Jet Magazine. Fish would be a three time man. Got a black man living out in Staten Island. I don't know how the fuck that happened, but we'll find out from him. But uh, he uh, <laughs> got fired, but somehow left with Jordans in front of his supervisor. Oh. I don't even know how you connect them. To, how you get right. fired and leave with free shit? Free new shit at that. Yeah. <laughs> but first, 
Let's say hello to everybody. And he is New Jersey's youth football coach of the month. <laughs> He's is voted on by the people in his house. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, I don't know. Did your family vote for you? Did they vote for another coach? Pretty you sure did? both the kids voted for him. Okay. Uh, Lynn tends to have a higher standard hey, sometimes. Don't so matter. She you still polling sixty percent. She got to deal with it. Yeah, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. <laughs> it's hard to lose in my anniversary month. By the way, oh, oh. shout out my wife. Thirteen years. What? 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 Yeah, love you, baby. Okay, I'm very lucky. We we, oh. we literally celebrate each other every day, man. I, I'm the last person you ever want to talk to about being in a bad relationship. Do you do flowers and candy and stuff? There's a whole bouquet of flowers right upstairs oh. right now, Jay. Like, no bullshit. Like, there's I a whole that. thing of um, calla lilies and because she doesn't like roses. So I had to learn about flowers and stuff. So, yeah, no, we, that's sweet. That's what we do. She is the white blood cells that keeps the show pure. She is, JG. Now, JG, I want to start since we're talking about. People getting fired yes. and people getting laid off and people getting, you know, laid off in fucked up ways. I do think that the important thing to do when you think you're going to be fired, bring that to your employer. You know, if we're going to get serious for a second, you know, what I do think I don't think there's anything wrong with doing some degree of recon. Yeah. Firings are going to come out of the blue more often than not. But. I don't think it hurts every now and then to check in with your supervisor oh. and just go in my fucking Listen, good. both of you yeah. overachievers. You both overachieve. Yeah, right? Wonderful people say things like firing just comes from out the blue. As the one person on here who can talk about still being somewhat close to broke, when you're getting fired, you know. All right? Like, there's no... <laughs> there's no Not status. Always. <laughs> oh, you come to work late. You know what I'm saying? You take the extra lunch, the extra lunch period. You do things like... When you when you are in a when you're about to get fired, generally speaking, at most jobs, you kind of have a hint that they coming for you. You okay, know what I'm saying? Yeah, and like the only on. thing you can really do is to cover either cover your ass or just wait because when it's coming, it's, it's, it's you can't do nothing about it, man. You can't do nothing about it. Take me to that moment before you get to that, like when you coming in late and coming in late, and then you can feel like you're wearing out your welcome on coming in late mm-hmm. coupons. Is that the time to check in? So you're saying there's no way to predict. So if you can predict when you're getting fired, then you can predict when the tide is turning and maybe do something to try and change it around, no? Stop coming in late. Sometimes, but yeah, but to me, it's not that simple. But if you're trying to stop coming in late, but where you live at has a traffic problem, whether you're like Leave in Los two hours early. Or other places. Don't work so far you away from your house. Hours. I mean... And that to me, and that's an archaic, no offense, but that's an archaic way of looking at excuses. things. Excuses. Because, because, no, nope, they're <laughs> not. Excuses. Because. And you know because how I feel about it. It sounds excuses. like it until you, take in, until you take them to court and get all your money to prove that what you was given as an excuse was a fact. Like at the end of the day, those kind of things sound like excuses, but like when it's real, there's nothing much you can do about it. And it's really up to your employer on whether or not they want to flex to keep you or not. And to answer Roy's question, you can have that talk. I was fortunate in the place that I was at where I got the worst firing, I think, where people were looking out for me and they came and talked to me and say, hey, man, you know, you kind of on the fence. But I was getting raise after raise after raise. Mm-hmm. The day that I got fired was the first day, I think, in almost three or four months that I had been late and hadn't even thought about it because I was doing so much other stuff that when they called me down to the office to let me go. Not only was I in shock, but the rest of the newsroom was in shock, too. So, like, you know, you never really know sometimes. Sometimes it can be a consistent, you screw this policy, this policy, and this policy. You got to go. Or some days, depending on where you work at, especially if it's a um, an at-will employment place, they don't have to give you a reason. Yeah, they nitpick. You can just come in and get fired. JG, you and I were swapping a couple texts before we get to uh, Jonathan Coachman, who's standing by with his uh, last day in the WWE story. Mm-hmm. I understand you had to fire eight motherfuckers, Jacqueline. <laughs> Damn. Now, I don't know much about mass firings. Is, it, is that what we call them? Is that safe? It's totally a mass firing. That's, eight is a mass? Okay. Yeah. Well, more than yeah. three. Three yeah. or more. Is, it's, yeah. Eight is a mass firing. That could clear out an office cubicle space. Eight like, people. walk us through that, Jacqueline, because, you know, for, for people new to the podcast, you know, Jacqueline works in a number of film and television productions in different capacities, depending on the project and the time of year. And sometimes you're in charge of hiring. Sometimes you are just an employee. And in this yeah. instance, who gave the order that you had to make the firing? Or was this your decision? So long story short, there was a film that was in 
Oregon and it was hemorrhaging money. They were just losing money left and right. And this was a big budget film per se. And a guy that I worked with down in Mississippi said, I know a little lady who could actually help us. So they called me up to the big leagues and I went over there and he told me, before you get here, you need to go ahead and send an email, say, hey, you're coming. You're going to be in this particular position and you want to meet with X, Y, and Z. And I was like, okay. So I started calling those people and said, hey, I'm going to be on the ground. I remember it. These are members. These are crew members. These are crew members. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I remember it. Once I sent them an email saying, hey, I'm coming to join you guys. I got them in a group text um, just to say, hey, we need to start looking at how we can start saving money on this film. And I had already delineated and thought it through of who actually needed to go because they were actually doing the same kind of jobs. It was just a waste of time. Is crew the first place you look to cut budget when you're trying? Because if they're calling you at this point, they're running the risk of not finishing the project. Yes. So can we not cut scenes from the film? Can you not like because I know in some productions, Mm -hmm. hey, we don't need three locations. We can do this in one location and change the angle and put a tile up and make this look like that room and then put it in a different couch. Like, had you already gone through those progressions or were the overages so huge that you're like, nah, we got to Come on in, Terry. We yeah, get the fuck out of here, Terry. I'm sorry. Actually, the line producer and a couple of EPs, they had got together and they were already looking at which scenes they could cut and also anything that could be rewritten. So they were already looking at that as well. So we were working from the top all the way down to the bottom to save money. When you say hemorrhaging money, could you give me a round figure? It ain't got to be exact, but... How much money were they losing, let's say, a day? Yeah, what was the budget versus what were the overages? Gotcha. So this film should have come in under $6 million. They already couldn't account for like $1.5 million. So they were already oh, wow. at seven five. Yeah. Wow. And counting. And counting. So they send you in, black woman help us, email these motherfuckers and meet with them. You get to Oregon. You yeah. got one of them weird donuts from Blue. <laughs> everything but glazed donuts. I'm not here to shit on you. I'm not going to say I enjoyed that donut. It it's had intense. bubble gum on the top of it. It was weird. Well, they have one with fruity oh, you pebbles. Didn't get the bacon joint? We had that. I got the fruity pebbles. We got the whole like thing. The it's intense. I just sometimes I just want a glazed donut and they act like I'm asking for like, what do you mean? All these other different you don't want you don't want none of these other No, motherfucker, I don't want none of them other flavors. I want a red glass glaze. Uh, oh, one other thing I did to actually save money, they had like middle management and crew staying in a lovely hotel. I moved them right on over to the Marriott, ninety nine dollars a night. Oh, they were mad. Oh, they were pissed. <laughs> Yeah, so you're coming in bean counting. Mm. So I know you're not liked by anyone. No. At this point. Mm. No. What is your day like, Jacqueline? Like, what do you do? Like, who do you talk to? Who do you, like in the office? Like, how do you even, are you alone? Do you get to have a chit chat? Or are you just the hired gun terminator? And it's understood that you don't get to socialize because you're here to piss everybody off. Mm. Mm, I never looked at it as piss everybody off. I just looked at it as we have to stop the bleeding. When I did walk in the door in um, to the production office, three of them walked straight out the door. They didn't say, hey, hi, nothing. Took all their stuff with them. So I said to myself, three minus eight. That's only five left to go. (laughs) (laughs) You so how do you how do you do a mass firing? Do you call them all in one by one? Pop pop pop. Is it all over email? Is it face to face? So okay, this was the best part for me in this particular situation. I basically put the executive producer and the line producer out there, even though I could have done it. I said, these are my recommendations and I need you to carry this out. I ain't stupid nice. now. <laughs> I ain't stupid. <laughs> oh, great. So, then- so so you sense people off to get fired. You you didn't have to necessarily sit them down face to face and give them a really nice Jacqueline pep talk speech. And by the way, we don't need your services no more. You trash. Bye. Like you, you didn't no. have to do that. Because you're such an empath. Just in Mm -hmm. real life, just in general. But you're also the person 
you're the employment grim reaper to a degree. Yeah. yeah. How are you able to turn that off in a corporate sense? Because somebody could call into this show right now and go, yeah, I work with animals and the animals be dying. And your ass will cry for 20 minutes. We have to stop recording and shit so you can go <laughs> gather yourself. Thing. But then a whole thing. you can just walk into a place eating a voodoo donut and just go, yeah, I need you to get the fuck out. Thank you very much. Nothing personal. It's been real. See ya. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know how I turn that off and on. I just spent enough time in politics to know when you need to smile and when you just need to get stuff done. That's the only way I can look at it. You get three freebies out the door, five to go. Walk us through it. Think about this as well. I don't know these people, so I am not attached to them. So I'm not worried about that. Mm. The only thing I'm worried about is we have to stop the hemorrhaging of money because this large organization is not happy. So those next five people, it was actually a Friday. We went to camera on Monday. I sent those five people a specific text message and it said, what do you need to be successful on Monday? Exact words. Two of them sent me back something that said, I don't know. I sent them separate text messages. Well, we thank you for your time. We're going to send you an email that lets you know what you need to do next. If you can't tell me what we need to be successful on Monday, day one of principal filming, we don't need you. I don't know is your answer. Mm. That's so not they had fly. a chance to keep their job. Oh, you were giving them an opportunity to prove yes. their worth or prove yes. so that you could try to defend them to the overlord. Exactly. Was it something that they knew? They knew. They knew. This is Jacqueline. Mm. I'm your POC. We go to principal photography on Monday. In this industry, going to principal photography on Monday is a big deal. And there's been rumblings about you at this point all oh, over yeah. the set and all over the production office. Absolutely. They know you're not there to deliver good news. So of the five, two reply with some bullshit. They gone three to go. The next three, they did it to themselves. I asked them directly as it mm -hmm. relates to parts that we needed on set. I'll just say, for example, and this is your area. Please send me a picture of the camera. She said, I don't have a camera. <laughs> But the line item budget of purchases says that a camera was bought. A line item of purchases shows that a camera was rented from whatever house and you don't have it. And we go to camera on Monday. Let her go right then. And I called the company and I said, I will be over to get the camera myself. What? So I had two more to go. So these other two. Uh huh. Is it the same missteps? Because it just seems like people just... Not yeah. being on their shit at all times. That's what it was. And they were also upset that they brought me in. You got to know as well, this was a union shop. I'm not union. Oh, oh, yeah. That's uh, a lead type shit. And I wasn't so mean to anybody. Please know that. I was actually trying my best. If I couldn't keep you in this position, let me shift you over to a PA because I need to keep union people on set. And then if I can't shift right. you over, that position just goes away. And firing a union person is not, that ain't no, and that's that. No. It's like, oh, no, there's going to be no. conversations and emails and follow-ups. Yeah. Absolutely. So the, so you you get up there and you fire all eight of these people. Yeah. Then what? Like, do you just go home? You go, all right, job well done. Good oh, luck with no. your film. Um, not at all. That particular Saturday and Sunday, I rounded up all my PAs and I had to start getting everything we needed to be successful on Monday morning. When that director walked in, when those EPs walked in, they knew absolutely nothing other than the two that I had to pull aside and say, hey, you need to let these people go. It was like normal business. We got that first shot off mm. on time. Them executives were happy. So a job well done. Good for you, JG. No. Then they fired me. <laughs> what the fuck? What? Are you serious? What kind of roller coaster shit is this? How the hell? Like, How I can't even imagine going through the mental side of getting rid of eight people and, and all this shit, whether I knew them or not. What getting rid of eight the people. fuck, Jacqueline? And then when did, they, when did they let you go? Like, did they turn around and let you go that Monday or what? 37 days later, they let me go. 
<laughs> Third. Wow. Jacqueline got a text message. Said, what do you, you need from us? <laughs> <laughs> And then this was the worst part. So that was a Thursday night. That Friday, I opened the office. I always open the office. I open the office one hour before call time. It just makes me comfortable. And I want to know that we're all in place and we can play. Even though I knew I was getting fired, I still want to do it. So we got some mail or whatever. And I called over to set. And set actually happened to be like an hour away. And I called to say, hey, there's some mail here that needs to come up. And when I get a PA, and this was me testing the waters, I said, when I get a PA in the office, I'm going to send it up there. And they said, no, when you get a PA in the office, we want you to come up here. There's no reason for me to be up there. I knew it. So did you drive oh. or did you just hit them over the phone and let's go on do it, motherfucker? Yeah. Oh, no. I drove up there. I stopped by Dairy Queen and I got me a blizzard. And then and I you drove this on was the- your last ride. Absolutely. Right. So I went ahead and got me a ride. blizzard. <laughs> the fact that you stopped and got a blizzard on the way there, as far as I'm concerned, Roy, I know we don't really don't do it. But this, 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 is, this, is, this, is, this is this is CMO worthy. Yes. You know this is what? CMO worthy. <laughs> For stopping to get fucking ice cream on the way to being fired because you didn't give a fuck no more. No fucks to give. KG, you are Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. Mm. Oh. Brought to you by Voodoo Donuts. <laughs> Goddamn pretty. That's an amazing wow. story, Jacqueline. It was That's an amazing crazy. story. A mass firing. You get flown in the fire. You do yep. the firing and then you... Then the person that hired you got fired, then you got fired. Yeah, yeah. They brought you on to That's save budget, then fired you life. to save budget. Absolutely. That's thug. Absolutely. Thug. Uh, fuck that movie whenever it comes out. <laughs> yeah, I don't care what it is. Let me know what that movie is off air. I, 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 I know it is. I know it's not Confess Fletch, which you can actually catch on Paramount+. Oh, no, baby. Plus. Oh, no, baby. That's Confess Fletch. Yeah, we didn't fire nobody. Mm-hmm. It was a good time. That was a good movie. Let's get to Jonathan Coach, me man. We had this brother on earlier. <laughs> earlier this year, he is the host of the Early Edge. It's a wonderful, wonderful sports betting podcast. Uh, Jonathan Coachman, welcome back to the Job Fair. Yes. Oh, it's great to be and, back. Uh, great to be back. Now, I think I this think. is an episode where we just talk about fucked up yeah. ways you've been fired. That's yeah. all we doing today. This is we throw out the usual model of the show, and. Mm-hmm. You, you came on before and you talked about your time in the WWE, both as a wrestler and as an announcer, and then as an actual, you know, well, not journalist, but actually covering and doing interviews and things of that nature. What we didn't get to ask you, Coach, mm. how are wrestlers fired? I'm sure you got a tale of you being fired. I want to hear a tale sure. of you being fired. But when a wrestler, when a professional wrestler his contract is up and it's no more. Do they like come in? Like, did you just lose a match and then Vince McMahon come in? Yeah, put put your put your leotard on, motherfucker. Get the fuck out. <laughs> Take your ass. <laughs> I I never can see Leo your foundation up. Agent? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, well, what happens? You. What happens so in that it, world? It, it, it all it all depends. Because let's remember, these are big human beings. Yes, that fight for Very a living. Big. So if you are Brock Lesnar, for instance, and Famously, they were going to end his contract, Ooh. and they weren't about to do that in person. So Vince called right. him. Uh, they vol- they had a volatile relationship even to this day. But he was so scared of him one time, he wouldn't do it. Most of the time, most of the time. Mm. And this this is why right now I, I do not have a lot of good things to say about the WWE, and my story will reflect that, but also the <laughs> way they always handle business. Because for somebody loyal mm. like me to a fault, and I'll admit mm-hmm. that to a fault with the WWE, then if they're just done with you, like, nope, up. Ah, 10 years, it doesn't matter unless you're Stone Cold or Undertaker, and they still pay That's them awful. $5 million a year to exist. So usually you get a mm. phone call. and But in, in the world of wrestling, Roy, it'd be like if, I don't know, uh, if you're not being used for an extended period of time and you're showing up every week at the building, you kind of have an idea that if you're mm-hmm. not on the show, that you're probably not, they're not going to pay you a six-figure salary to just come and eat catering. You know what I mean? So that's usually how they do it. Or a guy screws up or they get a DUI. Or if you're certain people, you can get four DUIs and they don't fire you at all. And so it all depends on who the person is. For me, two years ago, it was bittersweet, but also maybe the best thing that ever happened to me. 
So I leave ESPN. I needed like a bridge because I didn't want to dip into my own money. So WWE brought me back, put me in a three-man booth. I hated it. I realized very quickly I hate wrestling now. (laughs) After being 10 years at ESPN, I said, I don't want to be here. But then I had golf. I had other things I was doing. And so Mm -hmm. in the first 10 years, I missed one show. In that first eight months, I missed five to do golf. And so Vince got pissed, took me off the show, put uh, a female in. And great for her, she made history. Wasn't about me. So they then put me on the XFL. And they said, Vince called me directly. He goes, hey, I need you to help me here. XFL's restarting. I need you to be the, the full-time pregame host, flying L.A. to New York every single week. So I worked for him for this off and on for 20 years. This is the COVID year for XFL, right? Yeah, this is 2020. Mm-hmm. This is the COVID year okay. when it got stopped halfway through. So I didn't turn in my invoices right away. Why would I? I worked for him for 20 years. I did two shoots on Christmas Day for Vince McMahon <gasps> during my time. Mm-hmm. And so why would I even worry about him paying me? So I get a check, $20,000. Hold it for a day or two. Put it in the bank, bounces. $20,000. So I text Kevin Dunn. I text Kevin Dunn, who's my boss, who was the person who hired me. I said, hey, this this check just bounced. He goes, oh, that's a lot of money. I still have the text to this day. I look at it just to motivate me. He goes, oh, that's a lot of money. I said, I agree. Can you talk to Vince, please, and make this right? And I'll never forget what he texted back to me. Coach, that's a different company. I don't think there's anything that we can do. Yet, yes, I still have it in my phone to motivate me that after 20 years of Uh literally doing everything you asked me to do, getting you on SportsCenter, getting you on ESPN, openly helping you get a billion dollar deal over $20,000, you're going to end a relationship. So fast forward two months. They knew they had done that to me. So I get a call from Michael Cole. Oh, coach, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but we're ending your WWE contract because he didn't want to face me because he what? had just. Yes. So because of the XFL bounce check, they then yes. ended my WWE contract. But we're going to pay you for 60 days in the middle of COVID. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. So I just did all of that for you. You're going to pay me for 60 days. Uh-huh. And that is wow. when I said, you know what? I don't want the 20 grand. I will make that 20 grand and Somewhere 80 else. times more than that. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. when that's when I started coming up with the ideas Ooh. for the early edge with Sportsline. And now two years later, we're on top of the world. And so thank you, Vince. And you can keep your 20 grand. Absolutely. Word. Absolutely. Uh, say word. Uh, Vince McMahon, if you're listening right now, you can send me that 20. My name is <laughs> <laughs> My routing information and all of that. Now I'm on. Coach talking crazy. <laughs> that is a hell of a story man well coach we always appreciate you you always have a home here on the job fair uh i'm gonna dabble in some of that early edge um i'm gonna wait for nfl playoffs you know it's still early in the season right now and you know we're gonna we're gonna see what these dolphins wouldn't do do. that i wouldn't wait i wouldn't wait i would not wait Mm -hmm. i'm gonna wait till the playoffs coach it is still early in the season did you get a starbucks today did you get a starbucks today He's yeah. a Dunkin' Man. Starbucks, Starbucks and Dunkin' Man. How, how, yeah, how much did Duncan you spend Man. today, Roy? How much did you spend on that today? I had about, with the donut, about $5. Dunkin okay, donut. so for two days of that, you can get Sportsline for an entire month. Hmm. Oh, no, no, don't worry. I'm, I'm already there looking at it. Okay. I'm, I'm dominating my league right now. <laughs> Thanks to you, sir. So, yeah. Yes, sir. Cool, man. Well, Coach, thank you so much. Man. Thank we you appreciate so you much. Coming back home. I, I, had, so, you, I had so much fun. I had so much fun. Thank you. And it, it's, swear to God, you need anything from me? Call me. All right? Call me. Believe yes, that All totally. Right. Yes. Thank okay. you. Oh, that's so sweet. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All right, let's just get to it, man. Now, we got a brother on the line here whose last day, um, we could say officially he's a three-timer now. I think we lost count of this brother, 30 to well, He's be been on almost as much as Uncle Derek. Oh, I'm get a jacket. Uncle Derek yeah. has an iPad, but I'll tell you about that later. Who who gave my uncle an iPad? <laughs> he don't know Introduce the guest. You I'm going to tell you. Oh, yeah, I introduced the guest. <laughs> yeah, tell, tell us who's on the line. It's Dalen Golf, and he's back with us to talk about his last day at Wingstop in the midst of a viral crisis within the company. And I want to know all about this. What up, what up, what up? Now, Dalen Golf, we just had you on a minute ago talking about Jet Magazine and all that jazz and everything you're doing now, but you got off the phone before telling us about yep. why you left Wingstop. Because, see, when you came on this podcast, you was on Lemon Pepper Wing, and then you <laughs> had the job at Wingstop. <laughs> you came back for Jet Magazine, new job. Something happened between them two episodes. They fire your ass. <laughs> <man. They're laughs> ass. Absolutely hey, not. You're fucking up the chicken flavors. Oh. Mm. Oh, they're selling frozen thighs. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ew. The line long enough as it is. <laughs> well, first of all, you black, you was only going to get one of two flavors, hot or lemon pepper. Like, let's just be lemon honest pepper. here. Oh, <laughs> the rest of them was just extra credit from a black perspective. So let's just. Not a lot of just, argument. Not a lot of argument. You know, valid point. it's not racist point. if it's true. I'm just saying. True. <laughs> true <ain't getting> that. <laughs> <laughs> but I left on my own. I did not get fired. Um, I left on my own. What was own. the last day? What was so, the last day? Was it over the phone? Was it over text? Was it in person? How did you, in you, stall. did you call him? Did Rick, Rick Ross create a hostile work environment because he wouldn't put his shirt back in? <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, we actually were in the did plans. Rick Ross accuse you of in, touching his, his, his breast. Did you touch Rick Stop. Ross? <laughs> Mm. No. Against? Mm. no, respectfully. This is respectfully. respectfully <laughs> no, did no parts of that respectfully. Um, actually, ironically, we were about to shoot. I was in the middle of a campaign to shoot a commercial at Rick Ross's house uh, for Thigh Stop. I don't know if you remember the Thigh Stop. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, COVID shortage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, COVID shortage. We had to figure out a way. So we came up with it. And, and ironically, that thigh stop uh, program won a uh, 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 what is it can, can con award for one of the best promos um, that was done that year in advertising. Yeah. But that's like the was Oscars in the for of the, advertising, yeah. Like the Oscars yeah. for advertising, so it won a super big award. I, I need matter of fact, I need them to send me my award. I don't think they really. Anyway, <laughs> that's beside the point. Um, but my last day, ironically, we ended up going viral. Um, that particular day, uh, because what would happen is I was head of social media, among other things, events, social media and partnerships. But I hired a guy that actually used to work on some of the Wendy's account. I hired him probably three or four months before I left just to be able to manage everything. And what we would okay. do is the whole idea behind Wingstop social media is that it was all about the flavor figuring out ways to be able to tap into the nuances of flavor. And sometimes they would call me and they would say, hey, is the flavor spicy today? I'd be like, yo, we got hot. We can go a little spicy. That meant there was some interaction from a relationship standpoint or people were talking about food and sex. And there was a young lady that hit us up and was like, you know, Wingstop Wrench is, you know, so good. Uh, it must have... Um, Nut in it. Oh my lord! Jesus Christ! Yes, this is what she tweeted. She tweeted that to is... the Wingstop account, or she yes. just tweeted out in general about Wingstop, just out in the into the ether on Twitter. 
Yes. And tagged Wingstop and said Whoa. about how right. she... Repeat it. Repeat it one more time. Repeat it one more time. I right? make sure. Well, y'all gonna get me fired. Don't get me fired from my current job. Uh, <laughs> she said, you fire you the president. The jet. How, president. Fire? President. how are you gonna fire you? Talk about Wing. Wingstop Ranch has nut in it. Oh my. Is what she said. No, 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 no. I, I will take off my headset. I'm going to take my headphones off. No. Jacqueline, don't take your headset off. This it's, is, come on. Be reasonable. Nah, take them off. <laughs> you don't deserve off. it. Take them off. <laughs> Jacqueline, I'm sorry you had to hear that. Keep going. Yeah, I was, I was, I was taking back. I didn't find out about this till my, my social media manager was like, hey, get a little spicy. There's something going on. She hit us up and I responded. I was like, okay. And I was over here like, well, this is my last day. So I don't really care, but I do care, but I don't care. And so he started going back with her flirting. Oh no. And said a response and was like, you know what? It is special white and you know, it's creamy, but it does not contain any of and he put in the the I'm looking at emoji. It, the emoji for uh, for a walnut. Yes, yeah, I'm following he, right now. It's, he does. He did not. You know, he was talking strictly it's in about the chat, boys. Yes, <laughs> and so he just started going back and forth with her. She kept upping the Annie. He kept responding, but really keeping it all about food, and it just kind of blew up to whereas people start <laughs> finding it, retweeting it putting it out there. And mind you, this didn't, if you know how Twitter works, it didn't show up on our page, like our, our social media feed, it didn't show up. But if you go to the mentions and you see it and follow it, then you can be able to find out. So it kind of was a little bit of from a nuanced standpoint, oh my. but it ended up being a whole interaction that blow, blew up and went viral. Now, I don't recommend this for social media managers in this part of it, but the results from that particular day were about 11% increase in Twitter followers in one day. Wow. Went viral. It was in Ad Age. It was in Newsweek. It was on news. It was PR, free PR that kind of went from that. And I told the social media manager that day, hey, here's the reality. If it goes well, take all the credit. If it goes bad, blame me because I'm leaving anyway. And he was like, oh, I like those odds. And it ended up being phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So, I, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna read this exchange <laughs> between Wingstop and the originator of this account. And this, by all means, somebody should have gotten fired for this. It's hilarious <laughs> and brilliant. And the fact that you were there to lay on the sword, I'm being honest. I really feel like that's the only reason that social media dude wasn't fired because they had someone that was trusted within the company who could go, mm-hmm. hey, y'all, it's going to be okay. Anyway, I'm going to Jet Magazine, but don't fire that little <laughs> <motherfucker."> <laughs> So this woman, K Cookie Dough, both with a K, K Cookie Dough, Wingstop Ranch got to have nut in it. Ain't no way it's just that good. Wingstop. It's a special white sauce, but it doesn't contain nut. Wingstop, you got to chill. Wingstop replies, you brought it up. Are we flirting right now? I don't know. Are we? Are you close to Texas? Wingstop headquarters in Dallas. So, yeah. Kaven says, I'm three hours away. I'll be there soon. Breaded or naked? <laughs> to which Wingstop replies, breaded is great. But bone in sounds like a better option. Whoa, now. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> My man was laying it all thick. Oh, wait for it. Wait for it. That's what. Then Kay goes, God, I need you in me. To which Wingstop replies, All you got to do is open your mouth. Whoa, now. Wow. I mean, yeah. game, set, match, wing stop. <laughs> one of the best hires I ever did. One of the best hires. She went to a wing stop location and bought a bag of wing stop. So I had the conversation with the executives like, this literally turned into a sale. This turned into money, real actualized money, as well as all of the eyeballs that saw it. Now, it's free advertising. 
because you don't pay for that. People pay millions of dollars in order to be able to interact with people, to have people talking about it, to follow all of that stuff. It was free advertising. Now, I did have a VP that text me at about 11 o'clock that night. And mind you, he's very conservative, probably go to sleep every night at 9.30, up at 6 a.m. He texts me and was like, uh, uh, is heating up? Uh, what can we do? And I saw it and I looked and I was, was like, oh, panicked? I'm not responding to that. Oh, he was panicked. He was absolutely panicked. The key is I set it up beforehand. I didn't know all of this was going to happen, but in the executive meeting, the last one actually I had before I left, before I even told him I was leaving, I told them that people are in a relationship with Wingstop. Either they're in a committed relationship where they go every single week, 10 piece, lemon pepper, all flats, extra crispy, you know, that do that. Or maybe they working out all the time. And you know what? I'm just craving. I'm about to cheat on my workout. I'm going to cheat on my diet. It wings stop. Either way, there's a relationship that's there. And sometimes that relationship kind of leans into a sexual nature. And we need to have the ability or the freedom to be able to play with that. And they all was like, okay. So the executive that I was talking about that was freaking out, he wasn't the one I had talked to previously. The his bosses I had all straight. So I asked, How are your boss? How's the CEO feel about this? And he said, Well, see, he isn't worried yet. So I said, Well, why the hell are you worried then? Like, let it be. I promise mm-hmm. when this is all said and done, you'll be thanking me. And sure enough, we went back and forth the whole time. And the last text he sent me was like, You did a phenomenal job of setting up the level of um the level and the ability for the senior leadership team to be comfortable with this type of conversation. Kudos. Congratulations on your next move. Can't wait to see what happens. So it ended up coming full circle, but he was sweating bullets the night before. He, he even said his wife told him to calm down. And I was like, if your wife <laughs> telling you to chill, come on, bro. Fall well, back. Yeah, we good. Real. We got oh, this. Okay. If oh, you mad that yeah. it's vulgar and there's a woman telling you you got to chill out, yeah, you're definitely in the wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So it all works out. That was my last day. Mike dropped. And that guy didn't get fired. He actually got promoted and promoted yes. and promoted. And yes. it's still, right. you know, killing the game on yeah. that end. He's one of my favorite hires, and I'm definitely proud of the work that he was doing. Dalen Golf, we love you as always. I appreciate y'all. Thank you for having me Officially back on, man, as always. three-time club member. We'll follow your journey at jetmag.com. Thank you so Absolutely. much for coming on the job fair and sharing. Follow us on day. social. All that good stuff, my Jet story, man. Appreciate everything again, as always. Yes, sir. All right. Appreciate you. We are still talking and celebrating your last day. We got a brother that used to work at a sneaker store in New York City, I understand. And he told his told his supervisor to kiss his ass in front of all of the customers. That's always a good time. I can't wait. And I know we uh, got somebody from uh, New York on the phone with a... Apparently got fired from a footlock or some shit. JG, rack him up. We have Stanley with us on the line, and he goes by Stan. Stan is originally from Brooklyn, but currently resides in Staten Island. When he's not working maintenance in the city, he runs his own graphic design company. Stan will be sharing a story about the time he got fired from a sneaker store in New York. Stanley, welcome to the show, Stanley. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Now, before we get into this story, how does a black man get on Staten Island? Respectfully. And I try shit on where you live. Love. Ain't the money or love. Them the only two reasons you can go to Staten Island. Which one was it for you? It was it was love. I love this. So, like, I I met this girl and I told her her name was Teresa. And she was, you know, she she was uh, going through a divorce with her husband and whatever. So we linked up. She she was just like, hey, I'll I'll live with you, and I was like, okay, mind you, she's an Italian girl, and she lived. She's an Italian girl from Brooklyn that moved to Staten Island, and she lived in Bay Ridge. Oh shit, her divorce must have really been bad. She agreed to move into the hood with a nigga. She was like, <laughs> hey, uh, uh, she was like, all right, uh, I'm gonna start looking for a house on Staten Island. And I was just like, all right, I'll move to Staten Island. And she was like, because you know, I want to have a kid, but she was like, look. Do you want to stay here and you you don't want to do this? I understand. And I was like, look, and we found a house and 
That's why I'm here. So real quick, Stanley, give us a story, brother. You got fired at this sneaker store. Lay it down for us real quick. 1999 in the Empire State Building. There was a sneaker store that called the US, U.S. Athletics right next to Hooligans. Uh, it was two managers. It was the, the main manager and then it was the uh, assistant manager. The main manager was cool. It was a white dude from freaking Queens. He 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 he, had, he was he had the crazy hair like the uh, uh, um what is it like the uh, glam rock style with the like poison yeah. like, you know that yeah. mm. and he was always like yo stand you got yo yo you got to come out we got two shots I know all these parties and queens blah, blah. and the uh, assistant manager was this little short marine cut white kid like like he was just Mister by the books so uh, uh, um, I used to come in dude. Because I was young. So we used to go out. My my partying used to start Thursday night. So you go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then you use Tuesday, Wednesday to recoup. That was it. Because New York City back then, there was a party every night. You go to Mars, go to Tunnel, go to Nels, go to Save the Robots, you go to the world. And we ha- we knew people in all these locations. And, and so we would just go out and party. And i come in all drunk coked up, you know, whatever. At work, niggas? So you just didn't sleep. Nah, oh, dude. I, that's why oh, you, you had no you choice know. but to do cocaine. <laughs> Lots of cocaine. Yo, all right, so the one of the main things I, I loved about that job is you get all the tours. So you get all these girls, like, from Sweden, London, whatever, and they want to try shoes on and whatever. And me being in my, you know, early, early 20s, I'm like, yo, what's up? What are you guys doing? You know, what's up? And I, and these girls would be like, yeah, what's, what's, what is there to do in New York? And I'd be like, oh, I know, I know all the spots, you know, oh, you know, here's oh, my shit. number, you know, what's the <laughs> you know, it's, yo, I, and I, I, I got so much, I got so much booty out of, off that job that I was just like, it, it, it was like that. So the one manager, he, cause I was spending, these girls were from Sweden and I was just like, these chicks came in with, with, with like, like the uh, remember the old school gym shorts with that with the white line that was ran down the side. Oh you yeah, biker shorts oh, in yeah. the nineties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. shorts. They had those mm. things, but it had Short the booty. They had the booty meat coming out. So I was like, oh ah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Swedish and, girls with booty. Okay, keep yeah, going. yeah. That's and that's what I said, and they were like, that's hey, the IKEA meatball booty. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, hey. They said, "Hey, what's uh, what's what's? It's Friday night. Uh, what's is there anything going on in uh, uh, in New York City?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, there's something going on." So I'm trying to set up a, a meet with these with these girls and whatever, but they're buying sneakers because I was also good at selling things. I, I was also <laughs> good. I had that gift of gab. But I guess uh, the little short assistant manager. Uh, um, thought I was taking a little too long, but he didn't say anything. He was just, you know, sitting back there like this. Just clocking this, it, uh, yeah. Yeah, but this other man came over and was like, uh, and I ignored him because I was asking a question from, from the girls, and he was like, excuse me, boy, you taking a little too long with these customers. And I no, he did. Yep, he said, excuse me, boy, you're taking okay. a little too long with mm-hmm. these customers. Mm-hmm. And I turned around. I was like, hold on. Uh, what's the problem, sir? I was like, do you see I, I'm with a, comp- a customer right here? I'm talking to these girls. I'm trying, you know. And he was like, and from my, from my, from my, you know, from where I'm standing, it doesn't seem like you're selling them anything but a good time. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, this is how I sell. I have, you know, it's, it's. Just like when I'm finished with them, I'm going to talk talk to you, ask you about your day. And, and I was like, and yeah. I I really don't appreciate you, appreciate you calling me boy. It was like, well, that's what you are. You're a boy. I was like, my man, nice calling me, call, calling me a boy, is, it's, it's, it's like calling me a nigga. He was like, yeah, but I didn't call you a nigga. That's why I called you a boy. I was like... Oh, son. Oh, yeah, oh. Yeah. No, I, and I, I was nah, like, I, and, I, I, and I said, oh. Nah, and then and then little the little assistant man come over and was like, is there a problem? Is there a problem, Stanley? Is there a problem? I see. I, uh, what's going on here? And I'm like, this this I was like, this customer called me a, a boy, but he meant to call me a nigga. 
And he was like, hey, look. Uh-huh. I, and he goes, hey, I didn't say it, right? And I'm like, oh. And, and he was like, uh, and then the manager, the assistant manager, he goes, when he goes to step in between us, he doesn't, mind you, he didn't touch the white guy. He puts his hand on my chest and pushes me back. And I said, oh, no. and I, I tapped his hand. I was like, what the hell are you brushing me off for? I'm not the one being, you know, talked to in that matter. He was like, you just need to learn your place. And I was like, I was like, nigga, suck a dick. I was like, you and him can suck a dick. He was like, what's, what's this land? Where, where, well, look, where's this language coming from? I'm like, wait a minute, now, wait a minute, hold on, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. Now they ask you about language? Yeah. Because you said <laughs> yeah. suck a dick. Yeah. My man straight up said boy to you. Yeah. And, but now they're concerned about fucking language? Like, yeah. for real? And, and so, Stanley, you get props to me for not smacking the shit out of people, to be honest. As with you. The, uh, the boss of this place, one of the boss of the place, your job is to protect the employees. The customer is not always right. He was just like, you know what, Stan? I- I'm done with your. I'm done with your shenanigans. You're fired. Oh, I'm fired. That's how we're gonna do. All right, cool. Later. I'm gonna get downstairs and get my shit, and I'm out of here. He was like, yeah, yeah, do that, do that. And I so I would go downstairs. Mind you, this is back when the only Jordans that were really we had was remember the uh, uh, there were only like the black and red ones and the red and white it was in like the 20- yeah, Jordans came and went they were seasonal yeah. they weren't yeah. like an around year round staple yeah so yeah. I used to do all the inventory so mm-hmm. I went downstairs I and being from Brooklyn you always carry like Brooklyn kids you always carry backpacks because you always have like change of shirt underwears toothbrush because you never know you know some dudes used to have that yes like a weapon in the back like the gun or the whatever the toast whatever so i go down there i put on my stuff i take off my witch comb u.s athletic shirt throw that shit put on my whatever shirt and then i look up and i'm like oh shit yeah we just got we got all the we got new jordans in and i took my back then my size was nine and a half so i took five red and black nine and a halves and then I, we had the black and blues. I took five of those, nine and a half. And then you know how the old way used to t- tie cardboard up with the twine? You know, like, yeah. yeah. So I went, whoop, whoop. had five there, five there. And we had the little handle with the hook. So I put one up there, put my backpack up, walked upstairs. He was at the top of the stairs. I dropped the, <laughs> I dropped the, dropped both, both of the things, both their boxes of Jordans. I said, I dare you to say something. And I did the stance oh. like, dare you to say something. And he, and he and I took off my glasses. He saw the seriousness in my face. He stepped to the side. I walked by and the dudes in the back was like, oh, wait, hit me up on my head. <laughs> I said, hit me up on my head. <laughs> and I walked out the door. And I walked out the door. So that, so, and then I, that was it. So he got back to me like, hey, yo, your mom is looking for you. She said, you got mail at the crib. You need to come in because it looks important. And I was like, all right. So next day I go to my, I go to my mom's house, you know, we hang out, whatever. And she was like, oh yeah, by the way, you got this mail. And I'm like, I don't know. I was like, I open it <laughs> full check. Full check. Cause I, they gave they sent me my check. Like sent me my, and full, and I didn't, I didn't even, and I didn't even work the full two weeks. Seen. I got uh, like I got fired on that Friday, yeah. so they paid me for that, and that was like the first week. So they gave me an extra week of pay. <laughs> yeah, that's that boy severance. They gave you that boy severance. Oh. That was it. Thank you, Stanley. Thank no you very much for that story, thank brother. You. I like your glasses. We appreciate you, man, and good luck to thank you and the family yeah. out there in Staten Island, man. Hold it thank down you for guys. us. Thank you for listening, man. Take care, huh? Thank you. Appreciate it. It's the job fair. We'll be right back. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents 
a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Job fair. We are bringing it home. So... I want to talk with someone that has worked in television for quite a while. And third, you're going to love this. Hmm. NHL draft pick. Work? How you go from hockey to TV? We got to figure that out. And we're going to find out a little bit more about the television show that they just um, that they just moved over to Comedy Central. Uh, Stephen Colbert prevents, presents tuning out the news. JG, who do we have on the line? It's RJ Freed. RJ has many talents. Right now, he is the showrunner, executive producer, writer, and performer of an animated series. And that show is Stephen Colbert Presents, like you said, Roy, Tuning Out the News, which airs on Wednesday nights on Comedy Central after The Daily Show. It's Emmy nominated and it highlights topical news of the day. So welcome, RJ. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Now, RJ, welcome aboard the job fair. And uh, you all Thank do you. wonderful work over there. And I actually low key, I'll be honest, tuning out the news uh, since it came on board over at Comedy Central. It's one of those shows that I envy to a degree because animation gives you so much more crazy things that you can do because it's not rooted in the 3d universe and you can send the correspondence to all of the places that we don't have a budget for at the daily show anymore so in that regard it's uh, the truth is the truth jacqueline i'm sorry i'm not talking shit we got no money okay we got no money we got to send Clepper to all the good shit overseas. I get sent to Atlanta in a kayak to ruin my goddamn Nikes. Mm, <laughs> RJ nice He's hurt, RJ, nice about those shoes. They were nice shoes. I didn't know that yeah. we were actually getting a fucking kayak. They said we were doing whatever. RJ, <laughs> tell us a little bit. Let, let's talk about the show first. Because the thing that's interesting about Tuning Out the News is that you'll also have the ability to satirize a lot of different styles yeah. So th- this show started out on CBS All Access, and then we moved to Paramount Plus, and now we're on Comedy Central. It's, so what it is, it's a show where yes. we combine animated, thank you so much, we combine animated news anchors who talk to real people, and we've developed this pipeline where we can actually do same-day animation, uh, which is uh, wild and fun. And, uh, you know, like you said, Roy, I think the the great part is that you know, sometimes it's nice to wear a mask uh, when you're doing comedy. Mm. Uh, it's nice for Sasha Baron Cohen to be able to dip in the bow rat. It's nice for Stephen Colbert to dip in the Stephen Colbert, the character, because that thing gets away with so much more. Exactly what you're saying. And there was there's been times where I remember sitting in edit with Steven and we did some bit about, you know, something dark, whatever, you know, whatever it may be. And he he was just like. I could never say, I could never put my face behind that joke. It's, it's the fact that it has an animated character. Some, mm-hmm. some lets the medicine go down a little easier. How did you all figure out that process with the animation? Because I know South Park yeah. is usually on a six day production schedule with most of their stuff. But yeah, is it like without giving away, you know, the, the, the secret recipes and all of that shit is the idea you figure out, okay, we know this will be, the basic structure or location of the thing. And then we figure out how to tie it to something current. Cause to me, that's what's so fascinating about the show is that it's animated, but it's fucking talking about shit that just happened this week, last week. Yeah, it's wild. And the technology allowed for this show to happen. And so what I, I can, I mean, I can speak to, you know, this is a lot of Adobe products. They developed this product called Adobe animator where, mm-hmm. um, it's a motion capture, uh, with just, you know, your webcam right on your, on your computer, uh, so you develop these kind of two-dimensional puppets, essentially, and as you move, the puppet moves. And so, That's what cool. happens is, 
it's wild. And so we have these guests come on. We'll be in a Zoom studio. And so we have the performers. They're all wearing mics, kind of like what I'm wearing right now. And uh, they will go through and perform the script simultaneous to that. There's animators all over the country who are actually playing the character and moving them. And so what happens in an edit, that audio, that video all gets married up. Graphics, you know, video, uh, clips, uh, everything gets all married up and becomes a show that night. So it comes together over the course of like five or six hours. Okay. Um, you know, we used to do these. It's wild. Yeah. This shows are excellent, yeah. brother, by the way. If y'all are pulling them together in four and five hours based off the current news stream, uh, extra props uh, as a production guy. That's that's impressive, mm-hmm. man. So, RJ, you've done a lot this business. You've, you know, worked with old David Letterman, the late show. You was over there with uh, Lawrence O'Donnell over there at MSNBC. You ran with Robin Big on MTV. John oh, Stewart, yeah, Stephen yeah. Colbert. Wow. Conan O'Brien and, you know, been working on some of your Emmy-nominated stuff for your own. Fairview over on Comedy Central, Washingtonia. Shout out to them. Hmm. But before all of that, RJ, (laughs) (laughs) you were in the NHL. From Harvard? Well, Lord grad from Harvard was like, let me go play this hockey. Thank you, Booker Hayat down South Georgia girl pulled this up. Did you get drafted while at Harvard? So the NHL draft, you're eligible when you're like 17, 18 years old. So I was right. drafted after high school. Oh, it's like baseball. They can just claim you and then send you off to college to go do whatever. Exactly. I should note, I did not play a game in the NHL. So what happened was, uh, so I went off to college, played four years. I was drafted by the Florida Panthers and would do their kind of rookie camps during the summer, all the different stuff. Uh, And then after college, uh, I graduated the lockout year in 2004 Hmm. of the NHL. So there was no NHL. There was just the kind of minor leagues and, and all that. And so... I went off to play. I don't. I wasn't good enough to play in the NHL, uh, you know, at least at that time. And so I went off to play. I think you know around that time, I, I signed with the the Ottawa Senators and nice. uh, went to the rookie camps. Got to play with some fantastic players. I think the peak of my career kind of knew where I was ready to move on. Uh, I don't know if you know the goalie Dominic Hasek. He's one of the greatest. Absolutely. Ah, oh, yes. Goalies of no. all time. Yeah, he was greatest. Just keep up, JG. It's all right. We got you. We'll take it. Yeah, we got <laughs> no, you. Explain. Go ahead. Who's so, Dominic, Dominic Hasek? Michael Jordan. Jordan. I'm talking to RJ. <laughs> Go ahead, RJ. Okay. 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 Jeez. Legendary goalie. He was, okay. because of the lockout, he was playing in the minor leagues with uh, little old me. Oh. Um, got to shoot on him, play with him. And then and then finally, I got. I was in the shower and it was just me and Dominic Hasek. And I thought I've... I'm showering with one of the greatest goalies of all time. What? Uh, I think Word. I'm ready to move on. Yeah. Wait. That was it. Yeah, it doesn't and get so any better. I, it doesn't get any better than this. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, yeah. Well, the players all shower together in the locker room. I understand that, but it's just you and him. I understand you're not right next to each other, but you thought this was exciting? Yeah, it's well, I thought... It's to be in the presence of greatness. Thank you, RJ. I'm listening, RJ. <laughs> If you took a shower with Michelle Obama, that'd be one of the greatest moments of your life. You <laughs> tell everybody no, you took a shower with Michelle Obama. I would Obama. never tell anyone that. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'm sorry, RJ. I don't understand. It's okay. So uh, what happened was I, I started to love comedy around this time, and okay. and uh, you know thought, do I want to be? Do I want to ride a, a bus around you know the minor leagues, uh, or or go off to Los Angeles and? And, uh, you know, sit at a computer, make jokes and, and decide I'd, I'd rather do the latter. And so, mm. so quit and, uh, and went and did that. Love it. Love it. Uh, you seem awesome. so calm and collected. Do you like throw things at the wall or eat too many M&Ms? I mean, when everything is moving <laughs> so quickly, what are you doing, RJ? I'm curious. It helps to have the hockey background because that is a very intense mm-hmm. environment and it's very tough. I remember one time Michael Strahan was on. Uh, was on Letterman and, you know, Letterman saying, what time do you have to wake up to do? Uh, was it Good Morning America or whatever? He said 5 a.m. And Dave was like, oh, my God, how the hell do you do that? And Michael's like, I play in the NFL. This is this is nothing, you know. And so I think having gone through that, that the boot camp that is, you know, uh, college hockey and pro hockey, it, it makes a lot of this stuff, uh, you know, uh, much more manageable, I would say. Okay. Hmm. 
The show is Stephen Colbert presents Tuning Out the News. It is Wednesday night on Comedy Central after the Daily Show. Brother RJ Free, thank you so much for thank coming you, on RJ. the job fair. You and uh, do what you can to stay stress free. Thank you so much. Big fan of you all. Thank all right. you so much. Oh, oh thank, thank you, brother. You, Have a good one. All right, take care. That's the show. Roy's Job Fair is a product of iHeartMedia Comedy Central, Paramount. South Park and Princeton Productions. Another My Last Day in the Books. Royce Job Fair at gmail.com. We want you to be a part of the show. This is the People Podcast. Please. Just like Ignite Ass Stanley. Ignite Ass Stanley. What? Them stealing Jordans. Got fired, got called a nigga. Oh, facts. I respect that. (laughs) I respect that. I like anybody leaving with new shoes from a place they got fired. I, I, I like that. That's how you go out. Anyway, uh, back to the regularly scheduled business next week. We're going to probably talk about some finances. Or maybe we'll meet Champagne Lady. I'm not sure which one. Which one we want to set up first. We'll figure it out. We'll figure that out in internal conversations later. Um, it's been good. Um, but before we go, you know, I just want to ask both of y'all, you know, uh, what do you need for me to be successful oh. next Wednesday? <laughs> Damn. I have a full email coming to you. Trust me. To <laughs> right. Jacqueline, like, I already right. know what I need. I got to listen. Yeah. You ain't going to catch me I slipping, brother. computers. I got all kind of stuff right for you. I've been listening. Damn that. <laughs> They ain't catching me asking for another pack of backwoods. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the show. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now.